Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. Um, it's me, Becky, and with me for this episode, as always, is my amazing co-host, Leah. Welcome back to the podcast, Leah. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. I'm always here. I was going to say welcome <laughs> back. Thanks for coming again. Um, you have to come. It's your job. <laughs> You're it stuck with anything. Me. You're just stuck with me. I, I, I'm i kind of okay with it. You know, we spent, la- I mean, we've spent like, what, three out of the last four evenings together? We have spent a lot of time together this <laughs> week. That's okay. It's okay. It's, it's been fun. It's fine. It has been. It's, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> so tell everyone what we're talking about on this episode. Okay. So on this episode of Buzzing About Romance, we are chatting with lady boss, Lucy Score. Mr. Lucy and Audio Dan. Um, we are going to find out what it is like to build an empire and employ not only your husband, but your brother as well. Also, we find out why tacos are the 100%. Oh, we did not find out why tacos are we 100% the best thing ever. We didn't. <laughs> Damn it. No? She'll have to come back now. Um, uh-huh. So Lucy Score is a Wall Street Journal and number one Amazon Kindle store bestseller of romantic comedies and contemporary romance. Um she grew up in rural Pennsylvania with a lot of time on her hands, a big imagination. With She is the oldest of three in a book-obsessed household. Dinners were often spent in silence while family members had their nose buried in book. A passion of writing took hold at five when she taught her brother to write his name on the bathroom door. Also joining us on this episode is the team of That's What She Said Publishing, which is Lucy's independent publishing label. So as you said before, her husband, Tim, will be joining us. Also, her brother, who is a new employee known as Audio Dan. So we're going to kind of chat with them and find out what it's like to work for your sister and your wife and all of the fun of working and living together. Uh (laughs) Although Dan doesn't live with them. Dan lives with his family, but you know. Yes. (laughs) So let's get into that interview. Okay, we would like to welcome to the podcast, we have author Lucy Score with us and her team of mighty men. We have Mr. Lucy, also known as Tim, and Audio Dan, who is actually Lucy's brother. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. Hello. Thank you for having us. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. So April is our Indie Author Month. We've Every episode that we've done in April and every book we've reviewed in April has been from indie authors. And we wanted to bring you on because we're totally intrigued with this little empire you've created um, with Lucy's score and all the books and everything. So um, so to everybody, tell us a little bit about themselves. What is your part in the machine that is Lucy's score? <laughs> well, I'll, I'll start. <laughs> well, I'm the face of it. No, I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm Lucy and I am the author. Um, I have been an indie author my whole career and um mr lucy came on board tim his name mr lucy or tim uh he came (laughs) on board as my publisher several years ago and he handles all of the things that i couldn't so i get to focus on writing the books and interacting with readers and um social media and things like that next up (laughs) Mr. Lucy, what is it, what is it that you do? Oh, what do I do? Uh, or what don't you do? Right? <laughs> I try to do everything that I can. I try to do everything but write the books and and I try everything that isn't creative. I try to take care of, try to take as much off of Lucy's plate as possible so she can dedicate her time to the craft and you know interacting with readers and you know obviously writing the books. So anything. Anything else, I am more than happy to do, and I try to do. So that's everything on the publishing end, like dealing with uh, cover designers, um, our editors. He runs my ARC team. Um, He handles all of the accounting numbers stuff that makes my eyes glaze over. Um, He he streamlines the copy editing process so because I get very angsty about it. So he goes through all of the edits first and takes care of, you know, he gets rid of all the 
suggestions for semicolons that will just, you know, make my head explode. And <laughs> I try to minimize the amount of editing that Lucy would need to do on her books. You know, the, the, the commas I can take care of and, and you know, everything other yeah. than like the creative, you know, anything, any creative edits that need to be taken care of, I pass them along. And yeah. obviously I don't want to do those. I don't want to change the, the story. I don't want to change any kind of thought that she had in the book. So anything that needs some tweaking with, uh, with the story or creative, I, I, like, I don't want to handle. Did he take his pants off in the other <laughs> page? But he's wearing them again now, so I, I'll. Well, the continuity <laughs> stuff, I can say, hey, you know, yeah, he had his pants. His pants came off twice here. I, you know, you got to do something here. Right. You know, I don't remember I always... putting them back on. I read a book a couple months ago, and the person gets in the shower without taking their clothes off. <laughs> I'm like. <laughs> That's a little awkward. <laughs> then they had sex, and it was a little more awkward. I'm not like, sure how it all worked. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. But then he said, "I better take these wet clothes off." Right. <laughs> Guess I'm the only one who noticed. <laughs> it's one of those moments, but I think that's really awesome that you can take that off, so that Lucy can focus on just the creative part, and because commas and edits can sometimes create like like you said, anxiety and a dauntingness to um, to the writing process that can kind of drag down a little bit of the creativity and create a lot of stress that sometimes will hurt the process. So that really is awesome that you can kind of help with that. It is. So. And then Audio Dan, what is it that you partake in for all of this? That is a wonderful question. <laughs> Thank you for asking. Yes. Uh, next question, please. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Quickest interview uh, ever. <laughs> yes. Uh, now, similar to what Tim is trying to do with Lucy, trying to get things off of her plate, um, I, I think things are trickling down to me, either that Tim doesn't want to do or just doesn't have time to do, or it, it just makes more sense to have another person on the team to be thinking about certain tasks. So Tim's role is certainly much broader than mine at this point, but we're still kind of working towards exactly what, what my role is. Um, my day-to-day -day is typically checking in on Lucy and bothering her a whole bunch. <laughs> and uh, I work on her newsletter and uh, most of the audiobook processes, and I'm taking over some of the communication stuff with uh, cover designers, graphic designers, that sort of thing. So. Um, there, there's some other things as well, but uh, more, more along the same lines of the trend of getting things off of Lucy's plate, mm -hmm. so she can concentrate and you know remain relatively stress free, mm -hmm. which is awesome. Yeah, if if you guys aren't picking up on the subtle hints from my team, um, <laughs> I have a very limited bandwidth, I have very limited focus and attention. So the more of that I can put towards writing books the better for all of us. So, I mean, there's a lot of indie authors out there who do it all themselves and they're mm -hmm. incredible. They're just- I don't understand how they can remotely. <laughs> I mean, the amount of, and, and that's just, I think, I think authors that don't have a team, they are missing, the, or they're, they're not able to do all the things that that make make them successful. So I think, I think especially if it's just you, and I, most, a lot of authors do that. It's just amazing the amount of, time they spend on obviously writing the books and then the non-creative stuff like the bookkeeping the edits the the, the book covers the newsletter the art team the you know every of every other little nuance that just takes away from that creative you know so i don't know how they spend their time doing both it's, it's amazing it's it, shifting gears because this is there's three of us full time doing this yeah and then, we, then we have a marketing guy and uh you know so I think I think somebody who is trying to do it all themselves is definitely missing out on being able to do the best job in all all these areas, and so I think they are definitely you know missing out on something, and it's just well, I think pieces very, start to get dropped, yeah, pieces start yeah, getting yeah. missed because there are things that we are missing oh, yeah. even now with three full-time people on and that we're like yeah we should get to that sometime well when we have time and we get when we put all these other fires out we'll get to that and we'll be able to you know 
everything will be done. And, you know, <laughs> rainbows will be shooting up, and <laughs> we'll all be able to take weekends we, off. Yeah, it'll be great. it's just yeah. no. The more people you you have, the more things you're able to do. Yeah, right. You know, yeah. The more avenues and marketing you're allowed, you're able to do. The more social media stuff, the more just little special projects or more audio you can do, and and all that. It's just it's just a lot helpful to have more people. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. I'm the crazy thing about being an indie author is you it's two full time jobs. Basically, you are writing the books and then you are running the business side of things, mm -hmm. which it's crazy. I mean, it's when I was a little kid dreaming about being a, a novelist, I wasn't thinking about the business side of things. Mm -hmm. So it, but it's really exciting, too. I mean, it's it's such a great experience to be able to be in control of the process from beginning to end. Um, it's awesome. I love it. Well, you know, and a lot of things that people don't realize with indie authors, that if you're traditionally pubbed, you are really locked into their schedule of when they release books and you might get two out a year versus an indie author. You can put books out at your pace. And that's something that your readers, your followers, your fans, because you have this support team in place now, we are going to get more of your content, more of your books more often. We're not going to only get you to have those stories twice a year because you have some other people that can, you know, take some of the burden. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Now, Dan and Tim, did either of you have any background in publishing or writing or marketing or anything coming into this? Or is this kind of a, Lucy says I have to do it, so I'm going to learn how to do it. <laughs> Go ahead, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> I'll answer Tim's question for him. Yeah, that sounds like probably how it happened. <laughs> she didn't make no, you fill out a resume or like apply for the job. Yeah, the interview oh, process no, was no. trying to streamline. <laughs> <laughs> well, one That's, of you is going to have wow. to answer no. the question about your background. <laughs> Go ahead, Dan. Uh, yes, no, no background in any any of this stuff. Obviously, <laughs> obviously, that's okay. just kind of winging it. Yeah, well, the the thing that I found more <laughs> important than having a background in all of this is number one, having an interest in this. Mm -hmm. Dan is actually the reason why I started my career. Good job, Dan. Way to go, Dan. Because um, I wanted to write books and I knew nothing about publishing, and he kept feeding me information on this whole self-publishing thing that was going on. And I was like, wow, uh -huh. that's pretty interesting. So when my first book came out, um, it was a little teeny tiny novella that took me a million years to write. And I put it up on Amazon and I sat back and then nothing happened. Um, but Dan shared in one of his online forums, that probably sounds really stupid to say online forum. They still <laughs> exist. And, <laughs> in one of the, them, there are forums. Dating um, ourselves, said, hey, yeah. my, my sister wrote this, if anybody's interested. And that's where um, the small label publisher uh, picked me up. They saw it and asked if I would turn it into a novel. So they, had, they published my first five books. Um, so that came about because Dan did that post in that forum. And, and that was pretty cool. So he's, he's been interested in the publishing industry and Tim immediately jumped on board. He really liked that um, writing was such a, an outlet and a hobby for me. So um, I, when I asked him if he would be my publisher, he had, he had already been doing a lot of research and, you know, we've been having hundreds of conversations um, about it. So they both were really interested in the industry and they both know me very, very well. So that mm -hmm. really helps um, I don't have to explain myself to them. I don't have to tell them why I'm saying, I don't have to be like, no, I don't want to do this idea because I think it's stupid and this is why, you know, they get, they get me. So they, they are just, we, those, get, we get your crazy. Yeah, they get my crazy. <laughs> so those two things, like the interest in the industry and them knowing me so well has turned out to be way more valuable to me than I think hiring a, a stranger who had a couple of years of experience with this. Well, well there's, there's that trust level. Cause I mean, yeah. I mean, you've known yeah, you, Dan. You can't for a hire the while. trust. <laughs> I mean. Yeah. D Dan and I can't start feuding. I mean, that would make Thanksgiving <laughs> really awkward. <laughs> but having that level of trust where like, you don't have to worry, like, am I, 
can I rely on this person to do this for me as I need it? Like that probably makes the stress level so much easier to deal with also. For me, yeah, I think it makes it worse for Dan, but. (laughs) (laughs) And now I'm expected to do work, so (laughs) kind of tough. She makes you like clock in and show up for things too, right? (laughs) Yes. It's and you it's have quite to, you have to wear pants when you're doing work. Yeah, <laughs> virtual. Those are stupid rules. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> That's the dumbest rule ever. Um, pants. Who needs no, Dan. Them? Dan texted the other day and it was like noon and he's like, "I'm eating wings and having a beer with lunch. Best job ever." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "It is." It's it's like, this is this is how we roll. <laughs> That's. That's so awesome, honestly. <laughs> like, but you know, that's something they talk about, like with podcasting and stuff. Is <clears throat> pick the things that you can do and do them well, and outsource and streamline. And I'm really lucky because for our podcast, my producer is my husband, so he is in house. <coughs> he does all of our audio <coughs> editing, all of our web. I don't have to do any of that. Dude handles it. So. Um, so I respect that, you know, you looked and saw what you could do and said, okay, my loved ones, who wants to I need to you to do me? this for me. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's insane because when uh, Lucy obviously started her writing like 2014, well, that was when she released her first novella. And then, uh, and there's going to be a cat. That's a cat, sorry. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> uh, so when she got picked up by this small, small label publisher, uh, you know, we, she, she released those first five books and she, uh, (laughs) (laughs) so after the first five, she's like, well, I think we should do this. Well, I think we can do it. We, you know, obviously we're gonna, we're gonna put the most effort towards these, these books and these stories. So why don't we do it? And that's when she asked me if I would get on board and I was like, yeah, let's do it. And, uh, so not only did we, start publishing her books we also started a, a publishing label that we publish a couple other authors so so that's why you know it's just we work like all the time and like this has grown to like a passion of hers and mine and now dan's it's just we work all i've never worked harder or longer in any other job of mine it's just and it's just it's just a passion and it's just great to do every day. So we, and especially with the internet and learning everything, you, there's nothing on that you can't learn because it's, it's still a growing market, uh, growing industry where, you know, things aren't paved in, you know, concrete to, to, you know, this is how you have to do it. Mm-hmm. So, yep. you know, we're setting trends and, and, and learning as we go. So it's not like, Oh, you're really screwing this up by doing it differently. So, it's, it's really interesting that we can learn different ways of doing things and a lot of them work. So, so it's, it's really fun and interesting that way. And what were you doing before you became my publisher? For the listeners out there. I had many jobs. <laughs> I, I was an automation engineer for quite a few years and then I started flipping houses and I did some, some private investigating stuff. So I, and so I did a lot of things, <laughs> but uh, when, what was I doing when I actually made the switch? I was. You were working for the PI. Oh, PI and, 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 flipping, flipping, and flipping houses. So yeah. I was, so I was working for myself. So I was able to, to make that transition and be like, okay, yeah, I'm going to basically stop doing that stuff or do it very minimal and, and put most of my effort onto the publishing and uh, the author helping. <laughs> <laughs> I'm high maintenance, you guys. <laughs> but I think. Dan came to it from a totally different side because, well, Dan, what, what were you doing? Um, I, I've had one job after college and uh, I, I was there 18 years. So I was in software development, specifically uh, designing database applications. And I'm not a natural risk taker at all. Uh, <laughs> it took quite a few. We actually tried to talk Dan in multiple times to come on board because I was heavily <laughs> recruited because <laughs> <laughs> you know we started the publishing in 2015 16 so we spent a couple years doing it ourselves and it just you know this the tasks and the the projects just got bigger and bigger and more time consuming and just you know taking up you know every waking hour so 
it was like, well, let, Dan, why don't, why don't you come over and help us? You know, you can do all these, start taking some of these tasks off our list and, 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 and helping out. And he's like, well, you know, oh yeah, maybe someday. Absolutely not. <laughs> I think the pandemic ended up playing in our favor because Dan's job ended up going remote. And once he got to work from home, you know, like there's certain people who are cut out for working from home. And I knew mm -hmm. Dan was going to be one of them Yeah, uh, because I, I'm definitely one of them. I'm, I'm made for this. So um, once that happened, we brought it up again and he's like, okay, let's do this. And we're like, <laughs> Well, I may have been yes. drinking at the time. I think, <laughs> I think we were in my pool and there were probably beverages. Yeah, I think I was, was drinking. <laughs> the pandemics had a lot of us, you know, drinking. <laughs> Nothing else to do. <laughs> no. a lot. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the theory is once Dan came on board is to try to get him to basically do know everything that I know to kind of like mirror and be, you know, redundancy for, for everything that I do. So we can interchangeably do, do the same thing. And, you know, obviously if something were happening to me, then, you know, things don't stop all of right. a sudden. And, and there's somebody to step in to actually, you know, keep running, making everything run smooth. So. Cause it's not going to be me. <laughs> <laughs> is it, is it hard for you guys to separate like work life and home life and, you know, I Say hard. I would say impossible. Uh, and there, there is no separation. Yeah, we we have no idea what you're talking about, actually. <laughs> yeah, I do. I think that's the, something we have to get a handle on eventually. But as of right now, it, it works pretty well. We 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 literally love doing this, and we you know when we go on vacations, we work. Right now, we you know we sit by the pool and stuff like that, but. We, we are constantly doing stuff, checking emails, checking social media, uh, publishing books, throwing books up, correcting errors, you know, you know writing, writing, dealing with, you know, the different trades, uh, the editors, the book covers and stuff like that. So, I mean, it, the work never stops. Mm -hmm. So someday that might bite us in the ass. Uh, so we may have to get that under control yeah we're looking for tips if any of you <laughs> listeners have any tips on the separation yeah. of uh, work and life i would i would be grateful we're kind of like kind of like we're new parents we don't have children but it's it's like we're parents of these new beautiful babies who are crazy and all consuming and all we can do is talk about them mm -hmm. and that's it our entire lives are mm -hmm. like if we went away we went out to dinner we wouldn't talk to each other about us as human individuals. We would be <laughs> talking about the baby. <laughs> that's that's basically our business. No, it's baby. that is so true though, because like my husband and I like we'll go out. Well, our date nights are like to Lowe's or Home Depot. Um, <laughs> nice. Yeah. But like we talk about like house projects and like yeah. the, like the kids stuff or it's not it doesn't revolve around stuff with him and I. It's always about like other things. So. Yeah. Well, it's the hustle yeah. culture. It's that being your yeah. own boss and that constant, yeah. you know, we, I see it with the podcast. I work for myself as far as copy editing and formatting. And my husband does a lot of side projects and IT stuff. And so when we sit down, we'll talk about, oh, did you see that latest WordPress update? Or, <laughs> um, hey, look at this really cool audio board I found. I really feel like the podcast needs to buy this for us. And he's like, this is what we talk about now. I'm like, yeah, this is what we do. This is it, what we talk about. It happens, about. you know, it's so weird. And we're, we try to be a little bit more mindful of it when it comes to other people. Like Dan actually has a family. <laughs> Dan has a life, unlike, unlike us. So I try not to um, message him in the evenings. I try not to. Have him go on a podcast on Sunday night. <laughs> I mean, besides, besides tonight. Uh, I'm coming in yeah. late tomorrow. Yes. <laughs> I won't notice. I'll still be in bed. I was gonna say he's but taking yeah. PTO. Yeah. Yeah. So we try not to. We understand that not everybody is going to have the uh, flexibility and freedom that we do, uh, because other people actually have lives. Yeah. We don't. <laughs> I mean, I have children. I have children, but I really don't have a life. It's fine. Me neither. She was very generous saying that. I, I don't have that. I mean, your wife, like, drags you places. You go, there's sports and things. Yeah, well, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> the pandemic has been helpful for us because our children are 17 
and 15. And so they um, really can't go anywhere. Our 17 year old has uh, is a liver transplant kid. So he can't really go anywhere right now. Mm-hmm. Now we're vaccinated. Everyone's like, oh, so what are you guys going to do? And I'm like, shit, people are going <laughs> to expect us to go out. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah, there's life after this. Dang it. These these variants are too questionable. We can't go anywhere. I don't know what you're talking about. Please don't make me leave. We're just going to keep doing Zooms. (laughs) Virtual forever. Um, So we've kind of talked a little bit about breakdowns of jobs and responsibilities. And pretty much Lucy gets to write books and... Dan and Tim get to do all the stuff she doesn't want to do. Um, Tim and Dan, if there's anything you could give up and trickle down or give back <laughs> to Lucy, <laughs> is there one thing above all that you wish you really didn't have to do in all of this? <laughs> I already know Dan's answer. Well, well I'm, I'm waiting for Tim's answer because it's going to trickle down to me. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm curious what I need to write my that. notes here for. So. So yeah, anything I didn't want to do, I already gave to Dan. Like so. the piracy, <laughs> the piracy stuff. Oh yeah, there's the audio, the book covers, the piracy stuff. You know, you know, it, it, I mean that. It, obviously, the bigger you get as an author, the more targeted you get as for piracy or you know anything. You know, uh, fake. Uh, oh, fake Facebook. Facebook accounts, profile. <laughs> you know, and that takes time. That takes time to track them down and get them removed and get them, you know, or just sit around, oh, let's see the puppy. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and, uh, Third distraction. But, so yeah, it's you know, just any of these little things that can go to somebody else gives me more time to do other things that I have been putting off or dropping the ball on. So you don't have anything left? You gave it all up? <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to think, but what else should I give to Dan next? <laughs> but I mean, Dan taking notes. I don't want to give him like all the crap work and just be like, here, do this. Cause I hate doing this. I mean, it's just, so I, yeah, I have to think about that. I don't know what I, I enjoy doing most of the stuff. I enjoy doing almost all of it. You know, and like I said, I can't write a book. So, and I will never try to write a book. I will never, Lucy will bounce ideas off me. And I like, I enjoy doing that, but I can't put pen to paper and write, write a story or anything like that. So I'm glad she can do it because I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, what anything, would you give up? Well, if anything, I think Tim probably does need to give some more things up so he can have some more free time to, you know, buy pinball machines or. <laughs> he, plays, he plays a lot of pinball during. I think he has free time. <laughs> I do have free time. I do have free time. Uh, so far, I mean, I do complain to Lucy fairly often about any anything I'm tasked with that is creative in any way, because it's not really how I operate. Um, I'm trying to do better, uh, but she's also trying to take some of those things away from me and give them to someone else, though. Um, but I, I'm trying. I'm going to try, and I'm going to overcome, persevere. Well, we have to know we have to know our weaknesses, and you know, right. Dan and I both, you know, the creative is not our strong suits. So, you know, writing ad copy or writing, blo- uh, you know, any kind of uh, blog or any kind of post or anything like that, it's like, oh, I just it, you know, even composing emails to, you know, readers that I, you know, I I try to head off any emails that come in that Lucy, I that I can handle, like whether it's a technical question on a book or. You know, I can't get this bonus epilogue or I found this mistake. You know, I try to hand head off all those and I try to respond to as much as I can. But, you know, even composing emails to the readers so I don't sound like an idiot, you know, <laughs> that's even hard for me sometimes. So, so, so. <laughs> we have stock emails that we have in a correspondence folder that are basically like yeah. insert here <laughs> insert right. here yeah, <laughs> because yeah. Very nice. i can't do it on the fly and sound halfway intelligent i just can't or <laughs> like well becky and i will be like facetiming each other and we're like saying the words as we're typing them and we're like does this sound okay yeah <laughs> yeah I'm the person in my emails, I have to go back and count the exclamation points and then take half of them out. And then I'm like, no, now I sound like a murderer. So I put something, I'm friendly, but not stupid. I'm an overuser of exclamation points too, so it's fine. Like, you're my people. It's good. I feel like We're the more the better. Readers. 
<laughs> um, so, uh, for you, Dan, is it hard to work for your sister? Now, are you, Dan, are you older than Lucy or is Lucy the older sister? So she's pretty much been bossing you around your whole life is what you're saying. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, we, we actually get along very well. She's, she's older than me, like a year and a half. Two and a half. Um, <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's fine. It's cool. Yeah. Really? He has to do the age in his head. Like, how old am I? I'm, I'm 41. And you're... Oh, okay. Yeah, two and a half. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> I was going by high school graduation classes. Oh, yeah. That's still, yeah. That's still two, right? Yeah. That's okay. two. <laughs> yeah, so math, also not a strong point of mine, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> do not let Dan do the finances, people. I keep asking. It's so weird. <laughs> not sure why they're not letting um, you do that. Yeah. Uh, you can see we we kind of get along pretty well. So it's it's not, if anything, she probably should boss me around some more. Um yeah. she's but she's too polite to do that. <laughs> No That's one has so nice. ever in the entire history of my life called me too polite before. <laughs> I'm too I was distracted. Gonna... <laughs> well, at least he didn't be like, our mom made her hire me. My mom <laughs> made her give me a job. At least it wasn't an answer like that. I think our parents were actually nervous about this because, you know, I think they're like, oh, oh, Dan's walking away from some security, security there. Yeah. And wow, yeah. I mean, we can't. It's true. Oh, I think we're all nervous about it at one time. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's a big responsibility. uh, You know, bringing your brother in on, you know, taking him away from that security and be like, okay, now I'm responsible for making this continue to happen. I I do have children. Braces and stuff. Braces are expensive. (laughs) They are. I don't understand why. No. It's ridiculous. (laughs) So um now this is kind of for all of you but were you guys readers of romance before you got into writing well i sure was i was gonna (laughs) say lucy obviously i'm pretty sure i think i heard you read romance (laughs) yeah yeah i definitely was um tim tim is not a reader he does not enjoy reading um I read magazines. He reads magazines. <laughs> That's my attention span. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I know for Dan, the only way I could get him to read my books was to put him in charge of my audio production. So you're okay. welcome, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the reason Dan's audio, Dan, is because before he came on full time, we, we started you know trying to give him little, little things to whet his appetite for coming on board. So the first thing was to do audio. So so he he took some of that off of my plate and Lucy's plate, and he could he started to basically like proof listen to the audio as it was coming into for the book. So so that was his first taste of Lucy's books, you know. And <laughs> and if anybody knows her books, they're a little steamy. So yeah, to be the younger brother, you're, you know, your sister is writing these books, and now you have to listen to them. That had to be very awkward. Thanks for reminding me, Tim. <laughs> I mean, we don't really talk about that part. <laughs> it doesn't come up at Thanksgiving or anything like that. <laughs> but didn't did, does your but do your parents read your books, Lucy? Yes, both my mom say, and my dad. I was gonna say them. I thought you had told us that your dad when we had you on for Drunk Book Club that your dad had read your books and stuff. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, he's a big reader, and I think years ago he lost a bet with my mom and in losing he had to she made him read a Nora Roberts book and he was hooked so he's read pretty much every book she's ever written and then when I started he's like well I'm it was just very natural for them them to pick him up and I think my family is such big readers that it's easier for them to kind of divorce the book from their daughter you know they're they're just reading a book written by an author they're not necessarily thinking (laughs) <laughs> I wrote this. <laughs> they can make that separation. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but they've always been very big champions of of Lucy's work, and it's mm-hmm. been very good to see. That's it's nice really to have that support on all Definitely. sides. Definitely, it mean it means a lot to me uh, the support of the family, and you know, whenever Tim reads one of my books and like tells me that he really liked a scene, that that means a lot because he does not like reading to begin with. So it's it's really nice. 
How, well, how does that go? Because it seems like your books keep getting longer and longer they do. and longer. <laughs> Look at them. They're all like, yeah, we know. Yeah. Is it, has, is it hard to bring last, that in? He, he hasn't read the last one. I'm 50% through. <laughs> um, yeah, I can't. I don't know. But the story is as long as the story is, you know, I'm incapable of being like, well, let me cut this out for the sake of brevity. Mm-hmm. because everything is important to me everything you know this is but this subtle nuance really builds the character arc and <laughs> this moves the story forward and this just reinforces the thing from the other chapter so I yeah I I really admire authors who can write short and tell really satisfying stories in like 60 or 70 thousand words the Forever, never was 150,000 words. (laughs) But do you know what? I would rather have a longer book with really fantastic characters and, you know, subtle building and the back and forth versus I get really frustrated with an author will cut certain things too short or they say, oh, this is really long. I'm going to break this into two books and then Mm -hmm. leave me with a cliffhanger. I get Mm -hmm. a little like anxious, like, what are you doing to me? Um, (laughs) Stop it. I can't handle well, this. I'm well, not Lucy emotionally really, built for this. <laughs> Lucy really enjoys uh, building up the secondary characters. And I think that's mm-hmm. where a lot of uh, authors, you know, kind of cut corners as they don't, they don't have that community or that big, big, uh, all those external or those secondary characters that are built so strongly and so, so much. Because I'm co- constantly, readers always say, well, so-and-so in the book should get their own book. Or, you know, that janitor that, you know, they met on in in that closet. That closet. <laughs> he, should, he should get his own. No. <laughs> so I mean, she she really builds up the secondary characters. So. Well, and I think that saves other authors a lot of time where they're like, "That bartender is just a bartender." Right. For me, yeah. I'm like, "Let me tell you about that bartender's second cousin and the car accident they got into when they were 16 that really changed the course of their lives." <laughs> the guy's on like one page. So yeah. yeah. It's a problem. But, well, but see, I think <laughs> it, that that's what makes works. your stories so wonderful and so awesome is that it creates community. It builds up these characters. Um, I I finally finished uh, Riley Thorne and the Dead Guy Next Door, and um, I loved it. It was fantastic, and it's phenomenal, and I'm really going to need book two. Like, I was so excited you. that you're writing it. Um <gasps> But there's so much to it, and I really got like a full experience in the story, and so I, I love that. So I I love that story. So yeah, and I just finished the first draft of Riley Thorne too, uh, and I'm just I was so excited to go back to those characters and revisit. You know, we live outside of Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, so it was just really fun to go back to that setting and have Mrs. Penny and Gabe and Bert <laughs> the dog, and you know, it's just it was a delight to me from beginning to end to write. And, you know, I, I just really enjoy creating these communities and characters, even when they aren't the main hero or heroine. It just, it's just so much fun to me. Was it a different, cause I've read all, like I've read all of your books except for the newest one, just because I, <clears throat> I am, um, I need like a good four or five hour, like chunk of time where I'm not interrupted. Cause I, once I start a book, I have to be able to finish it in one sitting. Yeah, and this, this will take so, a while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I just keep putting it off because of that. But so is it a different process having visiting Riley and Nick again for a book two of them than say like a blue moon where it's like you have you see the same yeah. characters over and over again, but it's a completely different story like with the yes. main characters. What I found, and I don't know if this is true, I'm gonna have to ask some thriller writers. This book was so much easier for me to write because when I wrote Riley Thorne and the Dead Guy Next Door, that was two stories in one. So it's the story of them meeting and falling in love. Mm -hmm. And it's the story of the mystery thriller that's going on. So it's two books smushed into one. And when I got to write the second one, Nick and Riley are already together. Mm -hmm. So their relationship is progressing. And so that's in there. But it was so much easier because it felt like this was more of a single storyline rather than a dual storyline. And so I don't know, we'll, we'll see how book three goes, but this was just, man, I wrote this book 
in a month. And I'm just like absolutely thrilled with it. And it, so it was a lot easier for me. So I'm very interested. So I'm going to ask some thriller writers, <laughs> is this normal? Because if so, I'm going to have to write some more like this. <laughs> <laughs> Um, years ago, she's actually a Pennsylvania author. Her name is Nancy Martin. She wrote the Blackbird Sister series. Um, and she it's a romance and with a bit of a thriller and family drama. There's like six or seven books with these sisters that are just crazy pants sisters. Um, and they it takes place in like mainline Philadelphia. So that's like old money mixed in with all that. But she used to say that it was so much once I she got to the relationship part. And they could be together. She was like, then it just got a little easier for me. Um, mm -hmm. Because I knew where I knew that they were okay. Of course, yes. there's gonna be relationship drama because it can't qualify as, you know, romance without right. a little bit of relationship drama. But she's like, it was just easier to write the rest of the story. So I, I think I, you know, when you don't have to worry so top heavy about are they in love enough? Mm -hmm. Is the relationship mm -hmm. enough? Then you can right. focus on right the other parts yeah yeah that is so true i definitely felt that with with this story so i'm very excited about uh writing the third one so we're Yay. definitely getting a third one. Oh yeah listen if it were up <laughs> oh, to me breaking news <laughs> if, it, if it were up to me i would this would be an ongoing series um but well i mean be, it is kind of that will be you. up to the readers <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think that's how Blue Moon started out, too. Yeah, that so. was just going to be three. Yeah. 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 It's, now it's like yeah. people keep enjoying it. I mean, yeah. give them more. Yeah. Yeah. We hear the Blue Moon series all the time when people say, like, a book wreck. They'll be like, oh, have you read Blue Moon by Lucy Scott? Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, we've got it. We've, got it. <laughs> <laughs> we've read it. <laughs> I've so. read it twice. <laughs> It's actually, we're getting ready to do an episode this summer, um, Best Small Town Romances. And Ooh. that is like at our top of our list, that one. Yes. That and Bootleg Springs. Those are our two oh, like ideal awesome. small towns. So just so you know. That's yeah. awesome. I'm so <laughs> Always, proud. Every time we talk small town. So that's an interesting question. Do you like small town or big city? Because Harrisburg isn't really a small town. It is not. And I, so obviously... Uh, from my backlist, you know that I'm really partial to small towns uh, mm -hmm. because I feel like the town itself can become the character or, or a character in the story. And uh, it's just so much fun to write a book where all of the characters are connected in some way, uh, like Bootleg Springs, Opal Bodine, no relation. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> um, but I wanted, I really wanted to write a book set in Harrisburg. So, because it's, it's a city, but it's not a big city. And you can have these chunks of city that feel just like a small town. So I kind of used Riley's uh, roommates as the small town vibe, you know, mm -hmm. because she has these neighbors who are constantly in her business. <laughs> uh, so I, I felt like the setting was bigger, but I was able to kind of get the sense of community through the people in it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I'm totally, I'm small town girl all the way. It's just some stories are suited better to a bigger urban area, I think. Yeah. Well, by a thread, when we read that, I, you know, the small town was the neighborhood that they kind of lived in and in, in the corporation. Yep. So, um, you know, that you still had that vibe, exactly. but it was new, but mostly New York City. And I will say, so I have to ask, are you a fan of Ugly Betty? Because that book had such an ugly Betty vibe to it. Really? I, yes. I have only seen a handful of episodes of Ugly Betty and it was years ago, but I loved it. So yeah. is it stream is it streaming somewhere so I can go back and revisit that? I think I it's on sure. Netflix. <gasps> I think sure. it is too. It, it was at one point because that is where I watched okay, it. Okay. So I'm gonna look it might still be there. I remember adoring that. And that's kind of how things work for a writer. You you see something, you hear something it, it just goes somewhere in the filing system of your brain and years later it can come out and you might not even realize the correlation, but yeah, I'll, I'll have to revisit that. Cause I do yeah. remember enjoying the couple episodes that I did see. That mm -hmm. was as soon as I read that book, I said, Oh, this has such ugly Betty vibes. Like, and I adored that show. And, um, but if you want to see where it's streaming, there's a great app called just watch 
that will show oh, yeah. you. Oh, that's <laughs> okay. All right. Oh, yeah. Tim will look it up yeah. for me. Because <laughs> the one there is like, I was like, okay, it's one of streaming services. I would love to know which, you know, if I have a show I want to watch, which one is it on? So I don't have to right? go through each one of them and do yeah. a search. So yeah, I, I found that app a couple months ago. Yeah. That was we we use that app religiously because my yeah. girl child likes old school monster movies. So we're always oh. like, where is that one currently? Yeah, yeah <laughs> um, saves you a lot of time searching through. Oh, let, let, yeah. let's see if it's on Netflix. Let's see if it's on Amazon. Right. Let's see if it's on Yoohoo. You <laughs> Yoohoo. On you. You. We don't have Yoohoo streaming in Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a it's, oh, it's a Pennsylvania thing. Yeah. <laughs> wow, it's exclusive over there. <laughs> you got to cross the border. Yeah. <laughs> So Dan, are they going to hire you an assistant soon? Like, are you going to get like a secretary or an assistant? <laughs> Did you put in for that? Did you wreck that yet? No, I, I'm so amazing. I, I don't need an assistant. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because it looks like they're hiding you in the basement, friend. Just <laughs> I want to, I seriously, like, I keep sending him things like, look, Dan, you can get cubicle walls for your home office. <laughs> every time we, every time we video chat with him, I'm like, he's in the basement. It's so sad. <laughs> uh, yeah, my home is not big. What, what can you do? So it's okay. Well, I, I work from my kitchen table. So I was going to say, yeah. I'm I'm on my old kitchen table right now. <laughs> We've got a new one. Now this one's in the basement. Um, my studio is also my children's classroom because I homeschool and my husband's office. So, you know, we're all about multi-spaces, multi-purpose multi rooms, spaces. <laughs> yep. We're all, we're all there for it. So, um, but yes. Yeah, so, okay. So next is Riley Thorne book two then. Is that what we can, that's the yes. next release? Yep. That'll be coming out this summer. And then oh. do you have, what do you have planned after mm -hmm. that? Or I, are we allowed to know? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> is, that, is that allowed? So I, I, have, I will have another standalone after Riley Thorne. Um, I did, I signed a two book deal with Grand Central Publishing, uh, a, a big five publisher. And my first book with them will come out in June of 2022. So, you know, indie insider details, uh, traditional publishers will request an, a timeline of exclusivity where you're not um, launching indie books it, within a certain time window. So um, we're working around that schedule for the that's what she said publishing schedule. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, next up will be definitely a standalone. Um, I, I have a couple. I got I got some ideas percolating. You got some okay. um, but He's I'll, never sure of ideas. It's I mean. true. It's true. But I, I have. I will write my second book with Grand Central um, probably this summer. It's so weird because the first one that's coming out in June of next year, I wrote the summer of last year. Mm -hmm. So it'll be like two years old. You know, I'm going to be like, what were the characters? <laughs> that was eight books ago. Yeah. And with the indie, obviously we're on a schedule. Of, okay. I'll get the manuscript from her and mm -hmm. it'll, it'll launch within three months. Mm -hmm. yeah. so, or, you know, so it's, it's completely different with the, the two year uh, lag time for it's, it's kind of funny because on the front end, it, it sort of makes it that I'm putting myself behind in my writing schedule because I'm dedicating this chunk of time to write a book that's not going to launch immediately. But when those books do come out, we'll be, I'll be so far ahead of my publishing schedule. It'll, it'll be really nice. get a good breather. Yeah. Yeah. Which well, as long as people are singing until that. <laughs> I was going to say, and a lot of authors take that time when they can't publish to give themselves a break and to refresh, you know, yes, you're still writing and you're still being creative, but it also gives you a moment, a moment to take a pause and yeah, to work on. Yeah, a little bit lighter. Yeah. Was exactly. it difficult to make that decision to sign with a publishing house again? It was. I, and I'm still, you know, I'm excited and nervous about it because I have no idea how it's going to play out. Um, but it was something that I wanted to try. And I'm excited about seeing my book on a shelf in a, in a bookshop someday and uh hopefully not a secondhand shop <laughs> right uh so i'm i'm excited about that and i i've been working with the editor 
at Grand Central and she's awesome. So I'm actually really excited about looking at their edits on the first manuscript because I think I'm going to I'm going to learn a lot from them. Uh, but yeah, it's, it was very nerve wracking because this is taking a launch away from Tim's company. And, you know, that's that's always something that has to be looked at. So we'll we'll see how it goes. I'm really hoping that with the traditional releases, I'll be able to funnel a whole new readership directly into my backlist. Mm -hmm. So fingers crossed. I mean, it is, there is value to walking into the target, to the Walmart, to the Barnes mm -hmm. and Noble and seeing your books laying on a table or on an end capped. And somebody picks that up and says, Oh, who is this lady? And then you know, a book club reads it and they say, oh my gosh, I love this author. How do I get more of her? And, you know, they go and they search and they can find all these other really great stories that you've written. But because, and we do hear this a little bit, that sometimes being part of Kindle Unlimited and that kind of stuff can kind of um, stunt your movement forward and finding new readership. It can be a little difficult to push out. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's scary to make change anytime you do it. It is, it is. And, you know, for me, I feel like the biggest and best thing I can do for our business is write and release books. So taking one of those away is, <laughs> it's still, it still makes me nervous, but I am, I'm really hopeful that this will end up being a really great experience for all of us. Well, I think it's a natural progression is, especially when you get to a certain level of you know, awesome. su success. Total success. You have to find other avenues of reaching readers. I mean, mm -hmm. you, you will, you will exhaust, you know, Facebook can only, only get to so many, you know, Amazon can only get to so many it's, but you know, you, you have to, you have to continue reaching new, new audiences and new readers. And, you know, and I think the natural progression would be to try to go with a, with a traditional deal where, so some of those readers will not buy off of Amazon. They will, you know, the, that Amazon's a devil to them, or, mm -hmm. you know, they just, they will not. But if they find maybe, maybe this can be the conversion of people that, hey, well, I do like this author. I read the, you know, this paperback that I got from the grocery store. Hey, she has 28 other books. Where are they? Well, they're, they're on Amazon. Well, maybe I'll try it. Let me yeah. be your gateway drug. Yeah. So, <laughs> right. I, mean, I, think, I think if anything, it could be, this is how I think the natural progression of, you know, merging the indies and the traditional a little bit together to make a, you know, a new hybrid. Franken monster. Yeah. Type of. Right. Well, of the other piece publisher. that. The other piece people don't really realize, too, is once you become traditional published, it's a lot easier to get into libraries and then people find your books and then they request from the libraries to bring in your indie published books. Yeah. And yeah. so that helps, too, because that then makes you more accessible. You know, um, one of the things that, you know, we try to do with the podcast, we hear a lot is, oh, it's so expensive to be a big reader. How do you afford to do that? I'm a library kid. I mm -hmm. seven years, my husband and I figured it out because, you know, we had kids and life was budgets. Seven years, I didn't buy a book, but I never stopped reading. Mm -hmm. I have a great library system. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there is access when you can be when you become traditional published to get yourself into libraries. It becomes a little easier. So, yeah. Yeah, help. and our our mom um, was a middle school like middle school and high school librarian before she retired. So we grew up in public libraries. You know, that mm -hmm. was every week we would go, and I would walk out with the maximum number of books that I could that I could check out. So yeah, we're we're big fans of libraries. We love the library. I've had to take and ground my child from books, you know, <laughs> or threaten oh, to threat not make our I threat to the library one. this week. Wow. <laughs> yeah you my, will not get this book my youngest <laughs> my youngest is seven and she wasn't doing anything that I wanted the other day I was like do you want me to take all of your books away for the weekend she's like no no I don't oh, like, okay but she she listened I was like this is the yeah. best punishment ever <laughs> otherwise you're like go ahead take my wi-fi go ahead what take my game controllers you see if I care not the books yeah, not the books don't take the books um, which just makes my ha my heart happy, you know, uh -huh. <laughs> anytime. Um, but okay, so thank you everyone for joining us. We are so grateful that you were willing yes. to give us your Sunday evening and uh, let us get to know you. And that's what she said, publishing and how things work. So 
Thank you yes, so much. Thank you so much. Thank Thanks you. for having thank us. You. This was so much fun. <laughs> Dan's like, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I oh, wait, is he frozen? No, I'm, he just no, said my smile. No, you're fine. You're fine. I'm here. We thank get you. It. Like, I, I'm terrified. <laughs> I think you froze for a minute. So you had like a straight face, like. that's just what i look like (laughs) (laughs) again thank you so much okay so they're they're a lot of fun i really enjoyed they are (laughs) and we didn't ask like a third of the questions no no they're talkers which i love i adore that they wanted to talk to us but i think that like they were so informative too yeah like they well <laughs> they talked about a lot of like information that could be helpful to people i think it's really helpful to understand too that there are indie authors we've talked to so lucy's is our fourth interview in our indie author um month promotion that we've done and when we talked to jiffy kate jenny kate and Jeff shared with us that they have each other to lean on. They go back and forth, but they're still handling everything and full-time day jobs. And then we talked with new on the scene, E.H. Lyon, and she talked about how the pandemic was helpful for her because she could write ahead. Right. Um, but she's new, and so she's still learning the ropes. And she admitted herself that she's kind of dropping things and losing things and learning mm-hmm. as she goes. Um and then this this last episode, we had Harlow James. She's been out for a couple years. But for her, her writing is a little bit more of a hobby yeah. versus it, it's not her main career. It's not her day job. No. No, she's very much, you know, she's passionate about her stories. Uh, but it's, it's not something that she is willing to do full time at this time. Mm-hmm. So talking to Lucy and Tim and Dan, it was very interesting for their take on it. And I think a lot of authors that are new or thinking about becoming indie authors can take away from this, that you can't do everything. Well, you're going to have to get a team Mm -hmm. that yes, it's one name on the book, but, but it takes a village. It takes a village. Um, so it's, it's kind of a lesson to learn. Don't be afraid to hire a PA to handle your newsletter and to market out your graphics and, Rely on some of these PR firms to help you out because in order to be successful, you have to, you have to have a good team. Mm -hmm. So anyway, so, uh, we're bringing back the romantic buzz for the week. Um, I initially wanted to talk about this last week, but, um, you know, time that was, (laughs) it was lovely to talk to Harlow James and the episode was going a little long and I didn't want to overpower everyone. So, um, Prince Philip died. The uh, Duke of Edinburgh died uh, two weeks ago at the age of 99. Uh, what I wanted to talk about was the fact that he and Queen Elizabeth were married for 74 years. That's a, that's a long time. That's pretty amazing. That, that is pretty amazing. And my heart just breaks for her because, you know, whatever you want to say, monarch, royalist, not a royalist, I, I don't care. Just the fact she's that she's still they, a wife, though. Like she's, she's still, still a wife. wife. She's still a person. Like she has been with him longer than she was ever without him. Yeah. And even you know, if you've watched The Crown, which I totally watched, and you know that their marriage was not always perfect, um, they still stuck it out. They still, mm-hmm. you know, they didn't really live separate lives. They still lived in the same palace together and mm-hmm. did things together and. It just must be incredibly hard to lose. And I would assume, especially in a situation like that, when you're in the spotlight so much, mm-hmm. that's her best friend. That's her confidant. Yeah. And now well, she doesn't and, have that. And he, like, that's the thing. Like, she always had him. Like, she, yes, they have children. And yes, they have grandchildren. And yes, they have great grandchildren. But like, he was her one constant. Yeah. Well, and I did recently read that their true connection happened during their courtship through love letters. Mm-hmm. And at the funeral, Queen Elizabeth left a note for him on his casket. I thought that was a- adorable. Like, as, like, a married woman, like, I just, I loved that. Like, I just thought it was, like, such a sweet moment to, like, really, like, 
mark how their relationship started and like how maybe they've always written letters back and forth because you don't know like maybe that is one way they've still communicated throughout the years but I just I loved that I think the writing of love letters is a lost art Mm -hmm. I mean my husband letters in general yeah my husband will leave me he leaves me little notes sometimes on the kitchen counter next to the coffee pot for me to find each morning before he goes off to work. I, I love those. I have them all. I'm he's mm-hmm. done it for years. It those that's my love language. I love those little handmade moments. Mm-hmm. So anyway, anyway, if you're listening to this and you love someone, write them a note. That's what I'm telling <laughs> you. <laughs> so we have something fun to talk about now. So there was a little happy hour podcast crossover happening. And Becky kind of started the ball on all of this. It's exciting. So I was recently a guest on the podcast, Dear Romance Writer. Um, The hosts of that podcast are romance authors, Avery Flynn, Zio Axelrod, and Ronan Parrish. You can find that podcast wherever you're listening to this one. Um, This is a podcast where the, these amazing romance authors answer your relationship questions. So you can send letters into them. And they will answer them like advice columnist. Um, And they invited me on to be a guest uh, onto the episodes. And so in a twist, we are going to have these amazing, amazing ladies join us for our happy hour live this Friday, 430 um, over on the YouTube. Uh Uh-huh. I'm excited. I think this is going to be a a lot of fun because, well, and if you follow... Excuse me. If you follow them on fate or Instagram, like they will post some of their letters that they're answering. And some of these letters are, they're interesting. Yeah. The episode that I recorded, the one, the one letter that we did, Uh crazy town. (laughs) Let me just say that my advice to the person that wrote that letter in was buy a ball gag. That was my (laughs) advice. That's all I'm going to tell you. You have to listen to the episode. Yep. Um, so Leah, what are you reading this weekend? Um, I am starting Hell or High Water, which is book one of the Deep Six series by Julie Ann Walker. Lady Sadie, who is our one of our historical ladies, um, recommended her. And her and I are actually going to do a quick shot of her book four that's coming out at the end of May. So of course, I had to read the first three books in the series first. Yes, Lady Sadie and Katie from Corsets and Crown. You heard them in our historical throwback that was uh, Thursday, like the 22nd is when that episode had dropped, um, Mm -hmm. May 20 or April 22nd. And so you're going to be hearing a little bit more from Duchess Katie and Lady Sadie in the coming Uh months. We're excited. We have some Um, new fun stuff in the works. So I'm reading Our Finest Hour by Jennifer Milken. Um, it's a Kindle Unlimited book, but the author, I found them on TikTok. And Ooh, that's the one you sent us. Minnesota Hot No, Minnesota Hockey Mom Heather sent us the TikTok. Oh, she did, yes. So I watched it and I'm like, it's a freaking secret baby. Well, and that's your like crack right there. Right. Like, yeah. I'm not in the closet for my secret baby. Only oh, my no. suspense. Everybody knows. Everybody knows you <laughs> love the secret baby. But there's a lot of books coming out. Um, so let's see. Notable upcoming releases. We have Dark Room, a Moo Yu hockey romance by Kate Willoughby. And she is giving away a Kindle Fire in honor of her release. And you can enter on our on-the-shelf notes. Yeah, we'll have the link in there. She sent me an email. She's adorable. And she writes really mm-hmm. great hockey romances. So, yes, and then let's see, we have Write With Benefits by K.A. Lindy. That comes out on 427. Undeniable Risk by Anna Blakely comes out on 427. The Bodyguard by Anna Hackett comes out on 427. And Damaged, which is um, book two in the Dylan Sisters duet by Layla Frost, comes out on 427. <laughs> so then I have Reckless by Adriana Locke comes out on April 29th. Twisted Love by Anna Hong comes out on April 29th. The Screwball, which is the Indianapolis Lightning Book 3 by Samantha Lind, comes out on April 29th. 
Um, Until Selma by Harley Stone comes out on April 30th, New Day. Um, And Jack by McKenna James comes out on May 1st, which is a Saturday release. Um, And I just want to remind our listeners, if you want to help support the podcast, you can find links to purchase all of these books on our website. So if you Mm -hmm. click on the link through our website, you then send a little kickback back to the podcast to help, you know, pay us sort of actually it just buys more gear. (laughs) Yeah. It just, it helps us so we can continue to do this for you. Right. So our husbands aren't like yelling at us because we're not making enough money yet. Yeah. Or you can comment about all the words Becky mispronounces (laughs) because (laughs) Becky has a hard time with words. I do. Um, well, and that brings me up. So if you have a book suggestion for us to review, questions for any of our authors for upcoming episodes, or comments about all the words that I mispronounce, you can find us, um, you can send us an email at info at buzzingaboutromance.com, or you can message us on any of our social media platforms, and we talk back. <laughs> right? tell everyone what we're talking about next time so next up we are chatting with author author ali martinez we're going to find out about her love of cheap wine charcuterie boards and her mildly neurotic golden retriever her hatred of pizza oh my and ice cream right what (laughs) and writing her bio in the third person Allie writes really strong emotional books and we can't wait to chat with her. I, I need to answer, like, I need questions. I have questions now. Right, right. Like, I, I mean, understand the obsession about tacos and I can get behind some cheap wine and a cheese. Board. Yeah. Cheese. I mean. Yes. But, but yeah. Pizza I and have, ice cream. I have questions. I think we all do. I think we okay. all do. Anyway, until next time, everyone. Thanks for listening. Bye, everybody. Happy reading. Find us on Instagram at Buzzing About Romance or on Twitter at Buzzing Romance. If you like the podcast, please leave a review. If you'd like to support us directly, join the Bookcase and Coffee Patreon and receive exclusive content only available to Patreon members. Check out bookcaseandcoffee.com for our on-the-shelf show notes.